0: Hello, monetization nation. I'm Nathan Gwilliam, your host, and we've been doing a series of of Wednesday afternoon lunch live streams, and we've been going through and teaching the concept of passion marketing. This is a concept that I have used with my businesses and consulting clients over the years, and it's proven to be very successful, and I'm trying to to, uh, teach that and we've gone through and we've taught how to identify your ideal customers we've taught what passion statements are they usually begin with uh, i love i want i hate i am Uh, we've we've talked about uh, some of the different ways to leverage how to find those passion statements through the five whys exercise we've talked about some different ways to then leverage those passion statements uh, once we've found them and, and last time we talked about uh, passion uh, passion platforms and, and how we can create Facebook pages and and different uh, email lists and newsletters and things that built around the passions that we find. And the last couple of weeks I have been gone and I apologize. I have not done this live stream. Uh, my, my father-in-law uh, was sick with COVID and very sick, was aravac um to Tucson Medical Center and was put on a, a ventilator. And so with about 30 minutes notice, my wife and I drove down there and spent some time. Uh, we visited him and spent time with, with my mother-in-law and and tried to help out and support there as we could. And so we've been We've been uh, a little disconnected for the last couple of weeks. So uh, we're restarting now. And And uh, happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Uh, I missed that last week, being able to wish you that last week. But I hope you had a very enjoyable uh, break and vacation uh, celebrating the things that you're grateful for with the people that you love Today we are going to talk about the next step of passion marketing and that's that's about creating passion marketing messages. So basically once we know these passion statements, once you know the level 10 passions of your target audience and you know how to put them into passion statements and you know the channels that, that you're going to use with them, how do we actually use that in our marketing copy? And there's a lot of different types of marketing copy where we can use our passion marketing messages we can use them in page headlines that's one of my absolute favorite places to use those and we're going to talk about that in a lot more depth here uh, today Uh, you can use your passion marketing messages in ads in lead magnets in assessments and we'll talk about those a little bit in uh, the content like like the the blogs you create or the, the podcasts you create. You can use passion marketing messages in your drip marketing messages. And, and those are the messages that you send via email after you gather someone's email address and you're kind of dripping those out to them once a week or a couple times a week. And you're trying to nurture that relationship and, and be top of mind uh, when they're ready to buy and establish your credibility. So they trust you when they're ready to buy. Um, and, and passion marketing messages are great in those drip marketing messages. We can use passion marketing messages in brochures, on our sales funnels, in our email marketing, in our influencer marketing, on product pages, uh, throughout social media and, and those posts on our business cards and, and really any way that w- any place that we are writing marketing copy, um, we should be using these marketing messages. So, uh, I want to I want to talk about a couple of the core concepts, and and then we'll go into maybe some specific applications. One thing that I like to do is I like to marry a passion to a problem. Okay, so think about um, think about uh, a business that has successfully identified the biggest problem that you're wanting to solve, and that that business describes the problem really well, and then they use the passion statement as as the solution to that problem or what they're going to to provide. So for example, we talked about uh, Deseret Digital Media and how one of their top passion statements was, uh, I want a more loving marriage. So instead of just using the messaging, do you want a more loving marriage? Um, You might start off with describing problem right you might say do you feel disconnected in your marriage do you um do you feel like like your marriage has has lost its um you know a a lot of the spice and the pizzazz of your marriage that that it had in the early marriage right um describe what maybe they feel like they've lost and and that's sometimes a very effective way to go that and so you find the passion statement And then you find the problem associated with the passion statement. You lead with the problem and you discuss what they've lost. And then you lead with a passion statement as the promise that you're providing to the customer. Uh, People generally respond very well when you use messaging of what they've lost or, or would lose without it. And obviously, we need to be honest and and uh, credible in that messaging but that's generally a really good way to position the passion statement another really good way that i love to use passion statements is in a question format so if if the question was you know i want or if, if the passion statement was i want a more loving marriage going back to that deseret digital media example try putting that in question format do you want a more loving marriage right they assume that you are going to help them find the solution. That's generally a very uh, compelling way. It leads almost gives intrigue, and and you're not telling them how you're doing it, but but you're leading with the passion they want the most in um, a question. In their mind, if you can get them to say yes, heck yeah, I I want that. Um, you you've grabbed their attention. Another really good way, and I learned this one from Russell Brunson. Um, Oh, actually, I think I learned this the first time from um, from the author of Copywriting Secrets, who works very closely with Russell Brunson. And in Copywriting Secrets, they they teach you how to create the most effective title. And um, that's Jim Edwards, who's the author of that. And um, his favorite way to create a title. Um, so if you want to learn just one. Um, secret strategy for creating a title. This is it. You take, what is the thing that they want the most? Put that in the title. And then you say without, and then you put the thing that they want the least. Okay. So going back to the Deseret digital media example, if the thing they want the most is a more loving marriage, um, that may be what you start off with, right? Um, Get a more loving marriage. And then what is it that the people want least? Maybe they... Don't want to have to go to counselors and talk about it, right? So so maybe you say the title of your page would be um, how, to, how to have a more loving marriage without having to go to counselors and talk about it, right? So again, to restate, um, this is a secret strategy, a tip that I learned from Russell Brunson and Jim Edwards is um, take your passion statement, lead with your passion statement because that's what they want the most. And then add the word without, and then put what they want the least after it, right? And use that to lead in all of your different marketing copy. That tends to be extremely uh, compelling. Um, you can even, if you want to go to the next level, um, you can even say um, even though after that statement. So you take what they want the most um, without, what they want the least, and then you say even though, and then so, so it could be some failure that you've had before. Maybe, maybe they've been to counseling a whole bunch of times, or, or even though their their marriage is, I mean, even though they're separated from their spouse, right? You you take this horrible um, reason why they think they can't do it, and you add it to the title with the word even though. So then, just to restate that title. Um, and, and again, the formula is what they want the most without what they want the least, even though, and then it's like the biggest problem or the biggest obstacle that they faced. So going back to the marriage example, that might be um, how to have a more loving marriage without having to go to a counselor and talk about it, even though um, you're you're currently separated from your wife, right? Right. Um, it, that's a formula that that uh, tends to work really well and and convert really well. I'm sure you could find titles that work even better. there's so many different formulas you can use but that that tends to be a really go-to formula and and I like to use it the most. I don't usually use the even though one that that tends to make it a little bit long for me. Um, but I generally like to use the what do they want the most without what do they want the least that that tends to be my go-to title and how I use passion marketing messages in the titles of the pages. So, so I'm talking a lot about page titles a lot. And, and even though the, the focus of this is great marketing messages, why am I talking about page titles? And I think page titles is, is one of the most important things for us to get right with our passion marketing messages. And once we get that right, we can use that in a bunch of other places. Um, So uh, I, I remember reading on Copy Blogger that on average eight out of ten people will read the headline copy, but only two out of ten people will read the rest of the article. So so getting in fact, there a lot of the good copywriters, they use a 50-50 rule and they say you should spend 50% of your time writing the article and 50, the other 50% writing the headline. It's really that important. It's it's what's going to attract and pull the people into the article. It's going to hook them and and get them to read more. And if we don't do a great job of the headline, um, they'll they'll never make it to the rest of the article. They're probably not going to make it to the rest of the article anyway. Um, But at least grab them and educate them and pull them in with the title. Um, Let's talk about ads a little bit. So over the years, I've designed thousands or worked with designers to design thousands and thousands of different ads. And putting uh, passion, putting the passion marketing messaging in the ads is incredibly important. And so we've done lots of testing to find what ads. So this is our formula. We will put out there like 10 different variations of ads. Then we will run them and get a big enough statistical sample. We'll find which ones do the best. We'll turn off the eight ads that did the worst of the 10 and we'll keep the two that do the best and then we'll try to create variations of the two that do the best. If you do that every month for a year and you're constantly creating more variations, um, turning off the ones that do the worst, creating new variations of the ones that do the best and just constantly iterating and testing like that, um, I've seen people that have, Radically increase, maybe even as much as two or three hundred percent the click-through rates from their ads by just following that simple methodology. Um, but the formula that we've developed um, for what is included in an ad is pretty simple. Uh, I think that every ad needs to have three elements to be successful. If you're missing any one of these elements, I guarantee you will not be successful with your ad. And when we run the A-B tests, we just are testing these three elements and creating different variations of these three elements. So um, this is what needs to be in every effective ad. And An ad is a, a passion marketing message or should be a passion marketing message. First, every ad needs to have an attention grabber. Often those attention grabbers are images, sometimes they're animated images, sometimes they're video, but you you need something that's grabbing their attention. Number two, um, every successful ad I've seen has what I call a a concise, compelling argument. So in just a few words, you've got to tell them what's in it for them. Um, What's the benefit? In other words, what's the passion statement, right? Um, If you can convey the, the highest level of passion in your concise compelling argument that's generally a formula for a very good ad. So um you you generally cannot use very many words in effective ads. I've seen that the more words that get included, the less effective the ad becomes. So going back to that example that I've I've been giving throughout this this live stream of do you want a more loving marriage? Um, how can you say that in as few words as you possibly can? Right? So maybe you just say, want a more loving marriage. So that's five words and put a question mark after it, right? That's a concise, compelling argument. And you might have an attention grabber, right? You might have a spouse um, you know, hugging their other spouse, or you might have have two spouses holding hands, you know, something that shows the connection that they're really wanting the most, the the ideal state, where they're wanting to be. Show that as an image on the ad. That's your attention grabber. Or at least that's what one I would test. And then do your concise, compelling argument. And I would come up with a few variations of that. Test the wording. Sometimes a wording slightly, one word slightly different in that statement makes a big difference. And then I would have a call to action at the end. Um, call to actions can often be buttons. Um, generally, and, and there's lots of other things. They can be drop downs. They can be choices. They can be radio boxes. There's lots of different ways. They can be just text that's underlined. You know, try lots of different call to actions and just see what works. Um, I've generally found that using a word like submit or go or, or something like that is not a good idea. Um, those are too generic and, and not the best options for call to actions. Generally, the best words to put on a call to action is what they want. So going back to this example from Deseret Digital Media, if I was doing ads for them, the buttons might say, um, you know, improve my marriage on the button, right? Figure out what it is they want the most and and put that on what you're trying to get them to click on. Uh, Okay, so let's talk about um, some questions that you should ask yourself in the headline. So uh, Clayton uh, Makepeace, uh, in a recent issue of Early to Rise e-zine, uh, gave us six questions that we should ask ourselves before we write the headline. So here are his six questions. Number one. Does your headline offer the reader a reward for reading? So in other words, what are they going to get out of it? What is the benefit for them? The way I like to say that is what's in it for me? We should be knowing who our ideal customer is and asking ourselves, you know, from the customer's perspective, what's in it for me? And if we can't tell if if our headline isn't telling them that, then our headline failed. Generally, I've seen some exceptions to that, but but that is generally a really good rule. Number two, uh, Clayton says, what specifics could you add to make your headline more intriguing and believable? Okay, so this is the rule of specificity. When we get specific, um, generally we become more credible so for example if we're going to talk about having a more loving marriage we might talk about specifically how they could have a more loving marriage right what are what are the specific things that would that would indicate that their marriage is more loving is it is it more communication a time is it more intimacy right and and including those kinds of of things the the specific things is it doing it in in 30 days is it, Doing it in only 10 minutes a day of time, right? Give them those kinds of specifics and that generally makes you more credible. Number three um, tip for a title is, does your headline trigger a strong, actionable emotion the reader already has about the subject at hand, okay? The best ads evoke emotion. When we did adoption ads, right? And, and it was a, an ad targeting a family wanting to adopt, you might show um, a, a beautiful baby or a family, a, a mother holding a beautiful baby, right? um and and that it helps evoke that emotion within them that they're wanting to add a child to their family so does your passion marketing message evoke an emotion number 4 does your headline present a proposition that will instantly get your prospect nodding his or her head so that goes back to the to um where i encourage you to to put it in a question format if you put your passion marketing message in a question format and you can get them out loud or even internally responding yes or shaking their head uh, or saying definitely right um that that's them uh, that's them uh selling you, you've sold them and you've you've helped convert them on your passion uh promise or or proposal number 5 could your headline benefit from the inclusion of a proposed transaction okay so sometimes this works and sometimes this doesn't but um, sometimes if you tell them what you're wanting to do with them if you're a coach and you're going to coach them through that marriage sometimes it's better to put that in the title so they know exactly what they're wanting to get out of it and the reason that's important is because some of the people seeing that ad or that headline would want a coach and some of them wouldn't. And so by including the information about the transaction or the service you would provide, it helps weed out the people that don't want what you do and it helps attract magnetically attract the people who do want what you're doing. So, so tell them a little bit more about the transaction or the service or, or what you're doing. And then the last suggestion that he proposes is including an element of intrigue. To, to drive the prospect into your opening copy. So in other words, don't tell them everything. Um, leave, create suspense, create something where, where they want to keep reading so they can find out the rest. All right. So we've talked about in our previous episodes, finding your passion tribe, finding the the passion statements how to find those passion statements and why those are so important, connecting with our target audience through the passion statements, creating passion uh, channels that that help us aggregate those audience. today we've we've talked about, oh, and we also talked about telling a good story, having good design. Um, and today we've talked about leveraging those passion marketing messages and and using them in our headlines, using them in our ads. We can also use them in our lead magnets. So when we know the passion statements, go create an entire lead magnet around uh, around those passion statements. If we know their, their top passion statement is, I, I want a more loving marriage, go create an ebook or go create a, a free course or something you can give them and provide value to them around how to have a more loving marriage, right? Um, another way to do that is through an assessment. An assessment is where you ask them a series of questions, and then based on how they answer those questions, you give them an assessment of telling them what they can do to improve in their desired outcome. So for example, with the passion statement, I want a more loving marriage, you might have the more loving marriage assessment, and you have them answer 20 questions about their marriage, and then you you automatically create an assessment based on their responses. Um, you know, if they say that they're not uh, talking with each other, you know, as much, then you give them an assessment that talks about how that's so important to talk to each other, give them some statistics about talking to each other, um, and maybe gives them tips about how they can um, schedule time and and improve the amount of time they talk to their spouse, right? Um, That's a custom assessment. You can build that around the passion, the content that you create, the articles, the podcast, build that around the passion statements, the drip marketing messaging, um, create a series of marketing messages that teach them how to have a more loving marriage, you know, give them six or eight automatic messages that go out to them twice a week. And, and uh, build the relationship, give them value so they know like and trust you. Your brochures, your funnels should start with that and and should have video related to that passion statement and should in that passion marketing message. and and the whole funnel should show them how you're going to deliver on the promise of that passion marketing message. The business cards can even have that on that. The social channels can be named like we talked about in our last, uh, live stream with the passion marketing message, and then the the post can can be focused around that, or or you can put the tagline with that passion marketing message in your your header image uh, for your social uh, channels. So, anyways, that's a whole bunch of ideas. Really, the bottom line is take that those passion statements that are driving the life of your ideal customers and leverage that in all of your passion copy all of the the marketing messaging that you're creating. Uh, So uh, that's all that I've got for you today. Uh, I wish you success in creating and leveraging your passion marketing messages. And if you enjoyed this episode, you can go to passionmarketing.com and you can download my free ebook on passion marketing. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I, I wish you success in your venture.